unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are at your place for the Raw and Unscripted Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Rausch, your No Excuses Coach, where I bring you the opportunity to expand your horizons and to think about your life, your past, your present, your future with a much different set of eyes so that you can be empowered to have a kick-ass, unstoppable life. I appreciate you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay, whether you're watching us on the video cast or listening to us on the audio podcast. We appreciate you guys here. And just to share something with you that I don't think I knew last week, but I'm not a big person of numbers about my show. I just know that I'm impacting a lot of people. I know we're in nine countries and I just figured it's growing exponentially over time. And I'm very thankful for how it is growing. But a friend of mine turned me onto this website called Listen Notes. And apparently what it is, is it takes all the podcasts around the entire globe and it ranks them. And so I was much surprised that my podcast, this Raw and Scripted show is ranking in the top 10% of the entire podcast all around the globe. There's something like 6 billion or 6 million or whatever the hell it was, you know, and I, and I appreciate you guys all for following me. We've been doing this now for three years. We're on show number 204. So we've been doing this, uh, 203 episodes. We got that done. Been doing the unfiltered experience, I think for 113 episodes. And then before that I did the kick-ass uh, radio show, which was two and a half years of live broadcasting. So actually this year, 2023, I'm celebrating 10 years in broadcasting and doing this stuff. And even more so than this, you guys got to hang on for this. I started off doing a podcast called three, three, three sides of the coin. It was myself and it was a lady named Carol Pilkington and another one, uh, Audra Irwin. And we were very much three different, three completely different people. We were in the same mastermind and we kind of joked around, like we should do a show together where we kind of talk about the three sides of a coin on a particular issue and just kind of give that, you know, um, different perspective and everything, because we all love each other. Right? We were out there to do this. So got reconnected with both of those guys. So we're going to do a special show the Ron Unscripted show of the three sides of the coin. So I'm going to be showing video clips of what I look like and how I was standing back in 2015 when we did this. So it's pretty hysterical. I was just like, oh my God, I've gotten a little bit better at this shit. So uh, thank you guys for, for hanging with me all those particular years and supporting this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always, let me know what I can do to support you guys as far as guests go and everything else. We are, we are booked into September right now. Uh, we are going crazy. I've got so many people reaching out to want to be on the show. So I just thank each and every one of you guys from the bottom of my heart uh, for, for recommending people and having people uh, come here and check out the show. So if you're not subscribed on the audio podcast, I know a lot of you guys watch. Please consider going and doing that. You can just go to rawandscripted.com and you can find the access right there to subscribe to iTunes or iHeart or Spotify, whatever it is for you. Uh, do us a favor, do that. And not only that, when you get value out of this particular episode, which I know you will, and the podcast overall, do us a favor and leave us a review in iTunes. That would be most most appreciated send me a copy of that so i can personally thank you uh because sometimes the names don't match on there so just so i can personally thank you for that so with that i've got a super exciting show for you guys tonight so please take pencil in hand wherever you are whatever you're doing um if you're driving please pull over and listen to this i promise you it'll be worth your time um it's something that i've been doing this passion project where i'm taking and getting some masculine men in my life to sit here and have a very vulnerable and a very open-ended conversation about what it means to be masculine, what it means to go through vulnerable times, what it means to get honest and real with your with your feelings and your emotions when so many times we are stereotypically not supposed to do those things. So we did uh, round one of these uh, about a month or so ago. We had uh, we had Scott Goyette on there. We had Walt McKinley. We had uh, Jacques Quare that was on that one. So 
if you're listening to this, you can actually check out the show notes and it'll have a link back to that if you missed that first conversation, but it was epic. We had so many different kind of breakthroughs between ourselves and then also the share the tips that we shared with you guys. It just uh, inspired me to want to continue having these types of conversations here via the Ron and Scripted platform uh, because our whole goal in this project is, you know, with, with my company, Master Motivators, is to go out there and make this world a much better place for who I am and what I do and just to bring awareness and, and opportunity and resiliency to all of you guys so out there we can start healing, especially us male population, we can start healing some of the trauma and some of the bullshit that we got going on in our lives so we can be effective fathers, so we can be uh, impactful people in our community so we can make this world a better place for our kids and our kids kids so with that i am blessed to have with me tonight my brother from another water mother mother uh walt mckinley we got lee height in the house we got paul roscoe white uh thank you gentlemen for being here on the ron and scripted show how are each of you doing this evening man let's go i'm fired up we ready to get this crack in i know we're going to drop some gold nuggets for everybody tonight and most importantly i think just continuing to talk about mental men's mental health specifically is something that we can't do enough of. So I'm feeling blessed to be here with you again, brother. Thank you for having me. We are blessed to have you here as well. Thank you, brother. Uh, how are you doing, Mr. Paul Roscoe White? Your first time, I think, uh, gracing the Ron and Scripted screens, but we have you scheduled to be as, uh, as a solo guest. How are you doing this evening, man? Yeah, man. Looking forward to the, the discussion coming up and uh, the, treat this as kind of a warm-up for our podcast coming up here. I think it's April 26th that you and I are scheduled a little one-on-one time. So it'll be good. Awesome. Awesome. And you, Mr. Lee Height, my brother from another mother from the clubhouse day to uh, connect with one another. How are you doing? This evening? Oh, doing good, man. I'm just looking forward to this conversation. This is quite a little gathering of folks and I'm pretty excited about to see what, see what's going on. It's good to be with Walt. I haven't spent much time with Walt lately. So, uh, and looking forward to getting to uh, know Paul just a little bit. So this is exciting. Awesome. Awesome. It. I appreciate you guys being here. We got some fellow brothers and sisters in the house. We got Tara Murney in the house. We got my brother, Brian Kelly in the house. Tara Murney says, so proud of you. Uh, we got Tara Nicole uh, in the house. Thank you for being here. Debbie Bettendorf's in the house. So we got all these beautiful women here, plus uh, Brian. So thank you guys for being here. Um, so feel free to share this conversation uh, out to your social media land and let uh, let the male population know that you connect with that we're having this conversation. So the first uh, question I have for each one of you tonight, and thank you guys all for being here because I am excited about this. In a minute or less or two minutes or less, what is it that you want to get across most to the male population that's listening and watching this particular broadcast? What is it that you want them to know about your particular journey and vulnerability and empowering yourself and, and becoming resilient and strong in your masculinity while also embracing your femininity? Talk about that for two minutes or less, and that way we can kind of set the stage for what it is that we're going to be talking about throughout this discussion tonight. So, um, Walt, I'll throw it to you first. Man, I was going to abstain just because i always go first so <laughs> no i love it um you know look first i want men to know they're not alone i think oftentimes we're so busy either trying to show up really well in front of other men and talk about our work and our promotions and our cars and our things and trying to puff our chest out so much just to other men instead of just connecting on a real level that we can feel alone. I think we're so busy running away from vulnerability most times. And I've done this plenty in my own life that we don't actually connect with the women in our lives who need us to be vulnerable in order to form a real connection. And I think overall, if we want to really be authentic and happy and fulfilled and really live a life where we're maximizing our potential, we really got to embrace the mask, the masculine form of our vulnerability. Everybody says it's feminine. So then I think men tend to run from that. But if you just embrace a masculine form of your own vulnerability, even with your buddies, 
the difference in your connection, the difference in your happiness, the difference in where you're going and the output of your entire life will massively change. Dude. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love it. Well, thank you, brother, for that. Mr. Lee, you can go next. Follow that up with uh, your thoughts and desires for this conversation tonight. Oh, <clears throat> wow. You know, it's the thing that I just think about constantly, we come back to this time and time again, is authenticity, learning to be true to who we are, vulnerability, just being transparent about of just being transparent about who I am and what I believe, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling um, in any given situation. It can be it can be so challenging because, you know, we get we get raised and I don't want to go too deep right now, but it's like we get raised up to be a certain way to be a, to be a guy. I mean, I think I'm I'm looking at the faces here. I think I'm probably the oldest one here on the stage. And it's like I can be you know coming up. It was like you were a dude. I mean, you had to be a man. You had to step up. You had to be tough and rough and tumble. You couldn't cry. All the stuff and things, man, it's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. And buying into that model for so long brought so much pain and, and eventually so much shame. And, and you know, we can dive, we'll dive into all of that. But And what I want to say just to set it up tonight is to just really learn to get in touch with who and what I am as much as I can in any given moment and you know, strip away all the pretense, strip away all the crap. Yep. And just be just be a damn human, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a dude, you don't you don't have to be ultra masculine, you don't have to be feminine, just be sensitive, all this stuff. Just be human. That's kind of what I'm. That's kind of the, the concept I'm playing with these days, is getting beyond all the label stuff, and um, just show up, man. Do the best I can. I love it. I love it, brother Lee. We're gonna dive deeper into that as well. And Paul, for you, two minutes. What's what's on your heart and mind to get across to men listening to this, and maybe even the women that are listening to this as well. I mean, this is for everybody here that we can all heal and grow and move forward. So I'm interested to hear what you got to say, brother. Yeah, this is probably something that everybody can kind of pile onto. But my thing is, you know, I spent 21 years in a predominantly male career uh, in the military that is largely ego and bravado driven. And I think as men, we kind of get we get sold this bill of goods, as, you know, probably somewhere around 16 to 19 years old, that that's the way we're supposed to be. You know, and somebody mm -hmm. one of you, one of the two guys before mentioned walking with your chest out. And yeah, that's okay. You know, and it's okay to be the protector and provider of your family and be the rock that everything crashes against. But you also kind of have to be the teddy bear that people can snuggle up with too. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll admit, man, I'm, I'm probably leading the pack at people that suck at this. So it's a constant daily challenge. And, and I'll, I'll say that in my own personal journey, I've gotten a lot better at this in the last couple of years of just being, being a little bit more open and trying to show some emotion other than, you know, just kind of having my resting bitch face and sitting there on the couch and <laughs> taking everything as it comes. And, and, you know, generally I used to joke with my kids that you don't really know if I'm happy or sad or pissed or, or, you know, getting ready to go run a marathon or you, I, you get the same expression all the time. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to change that just a little bit. I'm not real good at it, but just like everybody else work in progress, I'm a, I'm a wad of clay right now. Maybe one day I'll be a swan. There you go. I like that. And, and just to, to take a phrase from what Lee has been talking about recently is up until now. 
So maybe that's been a challenge for you up until now, but at least the fact that you're aware of it and that you're taking strides to, to make a difference in that aspect of your life. I mean, I applaud you, man, because that's that's how that change starts to happen. You know, that repetitiveness goes, goes and goes and then becomes part of your hardwired new routine. So I applaud you for that. So the question I have for you guys to kick off. Wait, this, wait, wait, Christopher, you did, yes, sir. like you go to the next question. What is your two minute? synopsis what is, oh, <laughs> well my two minute thing is that ultimately you know like i said before basically in the intro of of the show tonight is, is to impact as many men's lives as we possibly can and perhaps shift some perspectives of the women in their lives as well for us to really just really take an in, inner look at within ourselves and find out what areas we need healing what areas that are still triggering us from that emotional stage of what we were doing when we were kids when our beliefs and our ideals about ourselves and our identity were really framed the first five years of our life really caused us to be who we are and where we are today in our beliefs. And so it's my invitation for people watching and listening this uh, right now is that we start exploring some of that, that trauma and that, that, that buried resentment and anger so that we can heal from the inside and start to have better relationships with our spouses and our partners and our coworkers and have that bleed out into the rest of the world. So that ultimately we're vibrating from a higher frequency, a vibration of, of love and not fear. And for me, it's always been, you know, really being specific and intentional about how can we see things from a perspective of love and try to heal some of these, uh, these stored memories of ourselves um, so that we can leave this world a better place for our kids and our kids' kids. So, yes, that is my intention for tonight. And the first question I want to, to throw off to you guys, I think it'll be an interesting jumping off point, is how has your definition or your understanding of masculinity changed over your lives? We're all older now. We've been through some experiences and we've had our, you know, our, our youthful 20s and our teenage years and our 30s and our 40s. Uh, I'm 54, so I'm up there with Lee as well. Um, what is what is your understanding and your your idea of masculinity? How has that shifted as you've gotten older? And what are some uh, reflections now that you can see a little bit differently that might help other people as they come through the, the ranks as well, if you will? So yeah, whoever wants to go first. Dad. Lee. Dad. Go first. <laughs> All right, I'll go first, Walt. I'll go first every time. You guys know me. No, and, not, and then I, I feel know. bad because I, I always go I first. <laughs> it's all right. No, dude, I, I'll dive in. You saw my wheels turning. Um, wow. Okay, so where do I start? Yeah, I grew up on John Wayne and the gang. You know, watching all that, I mean, first generation Batman and the Green Hornet and, you know, all that coding, all that coding. So, you know, being masculine meant to be tough, rough and tumble, no tears, suck it up, suit up, show up, do your stuff. You know, don't whine, don't cry, don't talk, and, and you know, God forbid, don't talk back to dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all this, all, you know, it's like all that stuff. And, you know, be tough, fight, stand up for yourself. And I wasn't, and and I tried to show up like that guy, but I really wasn't on the inside. I was not that kid. And because of, I don't know, and as a result of some of the tra traumatic events of my early childhood, I was burdened with all kinds of um, confusion about my own identity, uh, confusion about, and really a really a really sincere lack of self worth, and a real message that, that told me. The messaging that I got was that 
people that love me leave, number one. And number two, I wasn't worthy of the attention of anybody, per se. And so I had this real paradoxical dynamic going on in, in, my, in my consciousness, in my thinking. And what, and on one side, I'm being called to step up, stand out, step forward, be brave, be courageous, and all that. All the while on the inside, there's this six-year-old cringing and hiding and going, oh, my God, if I really stand up and I really stand out, they're never going to like me. They're never going to love me. And on and on and on and on and on. So I had, I mean, I lived with that paradox for decades, decades. And really did not, until the last few years, start to really grasp the dynamic of it. And what happened to me, so, you know, the trauma and all the process of growing up led me into various addictions and all that kind of behavior. That's a whole other show. We're not going to dive into that. Well, we have already a couple times, but anyway. Um, (laughs) But to the masculinity thing, so one of the things, one of the one of the ways I over I overcompensated was by one being a an outstanding student in school until I started doing the whole I don't need to show you how smart I am, so I will you know fail to do all the homework and I'll ace all the exams and make you have to figure out how to deal with me. <laughs> you did that intentionally. That was intentional. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how old were you at that point? High school. Okay. Wow. (laughs) That's when I got got into high school. Um, And I was, I was, I was, I was a, you know, top 10% athlete in, in, you know, junior high and high school. I was always on the all-star team. I was always, you know, I was an overachiever. To mask all the uncertainty and all the uncomfortability and the lack of self-worth and the shame and all that. So I overachieved to hide all the darkness. Right. That was going on inside of me. Um, How do you view all that now? Yeah. How do you view all that now? So I look, I look back at all that now and I go, okay, so, so there's this very sensitive, very intuitive, very empathic kid walking through school, taking in all this stuff and has no clue how to deal with it. And it wasn't until I got into high school and really dove into my, dove into my spiritual journey that I started to get a handle on it. And that was just the beginning. And so we're talking going back to what now, 1974. 1974 when that started for me and that was the beginning of really starting to deal with it that was the beginning of, of the light slowly coming on um however you know, you know diving into it it's like that's what i learned about the whole balance of masculine started learning understanding the masculine and feminine aspects of the individual right and really started to figure out how learning just the beginnings of learning how to balance that coming into a deeper understanding of my own spiritual nature. And 
that really saved me. That entry into spiritual study, which was outside of high school. So what happened was that dragged me out of a lot of the unhealthy relationships I had in my high school core group into this spiritual community-based core group that began to wake me up to Mm -hmm. the pain that began to wake me up to understanding what was going on. Just the beginnings, just the beginnings. So you were, you were, you were receptive. You were ready for those, for those seeds to start growing. Oh, absolutely. I was ready for that to start growing. And that, that was really the beginning of, you know, waking me up to my own inner balance and my own inner nature and waking up to the more feminine side of me, the intuitive side of me, the empathic part of me, the part of me that, that really looks out on the world and sees how everything's connected. Yeah. And not, and not just sees it, but feels it. I walk through the world feeling the connection to everything around me, to the people, places, things. That's the way I move through the world. And an increasing just a little bit, you know, I feel it, you know, it's, it comes, comes and goes, but it's like it's slowly growing every day because I, do, I keep doing the work. And that work is all about balancing the masculine and feminine sides of ourselves. You know, we're talking, you know, here talking about, you know, men's mental health and what that's all about. For me, it's about getting beyond this whole, you know, boy, girl, man, woman, all that stuff and saying, okay, I'm a human and I show up like this. I show up in this, in this male body, female body, you name it body that's what i am that's the physical body i inhabit but that's me inhabiting this this is this is this my body is the outpicturing of who i am on the inside it's an outpicturing of my consciousness right and so however that consciousness shows up outpicturing as my body and the experience i have of you you of you know walt and paul and christopher and you know Mario and Tara and Susan and, and Carol and the rest in the audience. I sit here and I just say, I'm just going to show up as me to the best of my ability. And some days I'm a more, I'm a more masculine presence. Some days I'm a more feminine presence. Some days I'm just, you know, just me. Right. All right. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. You right, I'm going to stop, stop you right yeah. there. I'm going to stop you right there because you gave us a lot to digest from right there. But I want to go ahead and allow uh, uh, Walt and Paul to kind of answer the same question. So how has your understanding of masculinity changed over over time in your particular journeys as well? And then we'll then we'll dive into that a little bit. So I'll go ahead and jump in so we can make Walt go last. It'll make him feel better about himself, I guess. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. There you go. Hey, somebody's going to be last, right? Um, nice guys finished last something. There's there's some cool saying, I guess, for to put you in your place in, in last. Okay. If you're not first, you're last. There. I'll, we'll say that. If you're not first, you're last. Um, so mine, uh, you know, I might be the only guy on this panel tonight that didn't have some really egregious traumatic event in his youth or, or growing up. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to relate to maybe somebody who's uh, not experienced something like maybe some of you other guys have. And and I know, um, I know a little bit about all of your stories, but um, I want to echo a couple of things that, that Lee mentioned. And, you know, I was kind of the guy too, in high school, uh, grade school and high school that 
you know, I didn't do homework. I, I copied Shelly King's homework in, in a homeroom every day and somehow was able to make A's and B's on all the tests. And, you know, then as I, as I kind of went through my, the, those transformative years that transition from boyhood to uh, young adulthood, yeah. becoming a young man, something happened and I don't know what it is. And, and, and I wish that I could put my finger on it, but I was filled with this tremendous amount of false self-confidence um, to the point where uh, I developed a really shitty attitude towards a lot of people. Now, couple that with, you know, as I was going through uh, growing up into the military in my early 20s, I promoted very fast for all the same reasons that I just said. I was able to score well on the test and, and generally not a knucklehead. So I was able to promote pretty fast <laughs> through the ranks. And I quickly got put into a leadership position that I was just not ready for. Um, so in, instead of taking my mentor's advice and trying to draw it back a little bit, I ended up kind of leaning more into it and going, no, I'm in charge. And, and you guys all know, if you have to tell people you're in charge, you're not in charge. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it ended up snowballing to a point where again, overachieving, I ended up going to officer school and some of the, one of the pieces of advice that I got as I was transitioning was just be the best at everything and you'll get whatever you want. And holy crap, for a guy with an ego the size of Texas, that really resonated with me, right? Well, yeah. it took me a long time to get knocked down a few pegs to really develop a little bit of humility and really be able to show who I, who I think I was really supposed to become. And uh, one real quick story, and then I'll turn it over to Walt, but that transition from being a hard hardened military man full of bravado and ego uh, last fall, uh, October, end of October, first of November timeframe, my youngest son, 18 years old, played his last football game. And our family has been a football. We've been a football family since our kids were little. I played football. Uh, all of our grandparents played football. I mean, we've just been a football family and all three of my boys played football since they were like six, seven, eight years old. Right. And the baby played his last game. And after <laughs> the game was over, it was a loss, unfortunately, but on the last game, he and I ran up to each other in the end zone and just this big, huge man embrace and tears yeah. flowing and boo hooing. When you, when I, when I looked at my son and he realized that he had devoted everything in his life up to that point to one thing. And then that one thing was taken away from him. I think it really let us just kind of let that emotion out. And what I've been trying to do is transition from being that hardened resting bitch face kind of dude to, showing a little bit more emotion and, and, and throwing that vulnerability out yeah. there. And like, you know, we've, we've all probably been guilty of trying to solve our wives problems when really all she wanted us to do is just listen for five minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to get a little never, bit better at that kind of stuff. Never. So, there you go. Over to you, Walt. That's awesome, Paul. Thank you for that, Sherry. You, uh, Mr. Walt. I think part of it is we are problem solvers. <laughs> That's what we do. We're damn good at it too. God damn it. <laughs> One we're men. And then Paul, you yeah. and I are military guys. So, <laughs> um, look, I think, I think about my own childhood and what masculinity meant. Masculine masculinity meant beatings for me. Masculinity be meant being thrown in the basement, chained to beds, like all the horrific things that happened to me. And when I would cry about it, when I would show emotions about it, I would get called Wilma. Ooh. And so you Ooh. want to talk about another layer, like I'm not even being called Walt because I flinch because I'm scared because I'm nervous around adults because of my experiences. I'm being called Wilma in that moment. And what that did is that manifested itself to when, you know, as, as I'm 15, 16, 17 and the testosterone's flowing, 
Mm. I had such a physical nature about me. And it, it was funny because all my friends used to be like, bro, you're trying to protect everybody. So yeah, women and children, because I felt like I wasn't protected. Now I can protect other people now that I'm bigger and more aggressive. Yeah. But it showed up so negative, like masculinity for me in those formidable teenage years was putting my hands on other people and bullying the bully. And it's not like I'm a huge guy. I'm 5'10". You know, I was like 180 pounds in high school, but bullying the bully, which felt really good to me. And I knew that if I was going to really change who I was, I had to change my behavior. Even at that age, I still knew it. I didn't know how to do it. I definitely didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to cry. All I knew how to do was be physical and try to hurt somebody. And so it took me time. You know, I went in the Navy. I had some incredible mentors. I realized like my whole disposition was built off of anger at that point. It was so much anger. Everything happened to me, not for me. Mm -hmm. Everything that didn't go right in my life, it was, oh, my bad luck. Can't believe this shit is happening to me again. Right. So my energy was flowing in a way that brought a lot, a lot of negativity into my life because of what I went through and what I was taught and where my mentality was at that point. And I, and I, you know, the beginning, especially in the military for me, leaving my hometown, getting me out of the environment. And I think most people misplace a safe environment only with the external, but I didn't really work on the internally safe environment which I, you know, I do my four keys to living an extraordinary life. And that's what I teach people. How do you create the internal environment where you can thrive and stop surviving? I was surviving and all my motivation was still anger. It was, I'm not going to let them hold me back. I'll be damned if they're controlling my life now. They're not going to still do this to me as as an adult. But what was happening is every time I thought about my trauma, I was re-victimizing myself because I hadn't actually healed from any of it yet. What I realized is I met my wife, Stephanie, you know, of, you know, we've been together 26 years and married 23, almost 24 here real soon. Congratulations. What I realized is I could actually move through life and my motivation could be love. It didn't have to be anger. Anger gave me the initial push to get the hell out of there and do something different. But I couldn't live my life in anger. I couldn't be the man I wanted to be if I didn't feel right inside, if I was angry yeah. inside, if I was easily frustrated inside, if everybody walked on eggshells around me because Amen. I couldn't control my behavior and I reacted versus responding to situations I was in. And then once I had my first daughter, it was like another level of that love, the yeah. true unconditional love that only comes with your own child. Um, and, and it was as I laid my hands over Stephanie and her, and I'll, ne- and I'll, n- I'll never forget this, in the hospital and I just prayed like, God, don't let me replicate anything that I went through on my family. And I just set out to change the legacy of where I started. And that led me into corporate America. I overachieved like you guys, right? Paul Lee, Christopher, like I overachieved. I was promoted fast. I was enlisted. Then I was an officer in the military. I was an executive in corporate America, four promotions in five years. My motive, like, like my perspective of where I started catapulted me as an adult because I knew where I started. So it was like a lot of times running away from where I started right? instead of embracing the journey and the legacy of what I was leaving behind from the people that I interacted with my own family and really being that difference and change maker in corporate America, it led me to a nervous breakdown because I, I don't have an off switch. I will tell you guys, (laughs) do you know how hard it is for me Uh still to turn myself off? 
I and feel just you. do the self-care and not feel like that's girly to do the self-talk and not feel like that makes me weak to be able to have a conversations about my emotion, to not always have to be the rock lifting somebody else up. Cause that's my jam. I love doing that. It fires yeah. me up, but sometimes I don't have the space to do it. So maybe I don't take the phone call at that point because of that. I got to know my own limitations. Be my, and it took me having a nervous breakdown in corporate America to do it. And what I realized in that moment, here I am thinking I'm this great leader and I feel like I'm a great leader. But by example, I wasn't showing people <laughs> how to be vulnerable. I didn't go to my team. I'm telling them to take vacation, telling them to take mental health days because we're getting crushed, telling them to take time. And I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. So through my actions, I wasn't actually showing them that it was okay. It was do as I say, not as I do. And that was, and I would mm -hmm. joke, this is the only time I'll ever say that. Every other time I'll set the example, but <laughs> boss, you, you, well, you need a day off. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. There's too much happening. And I didn't mm -hmm. do any of this. Stuff Badge yet. of honor. Badge of honor. Resilience, captain. Yep. Resilience, right? Oh, here. yeah. That was and, the same way. But mm -hmm. at home, guess what? I wasn't teaching my kids. Guess what? I wasn't showing my spouse. I wasn't showing my kids that it's okay to put yourself before your job, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was a really big miss for me. And it's something that I'm embracing the last couple of years. I have cried more in the last two years. Than I have in my adult life. I used to brag about how little I cried. That's good. And a lot of it's happy tears, but man, embracing that vulnerability has opened up another gate to happiness that was locked before I was vulnerable, got the key, stepped through it. And the way I show up for my wife, my children, the people around me, people in this life that need me has transformed my internal level of happiness while I continue to help change as many lives as i can along this journey hell yeah that's what i'm talking hey, about guys hey, Chris, I'm so... wanna, let me pile on to just one thing that walt sure, said absolutely go for it uh, i won't take all the time but no um you mentioned being a protector mm -hmm. at, at some point right and mm -hmm. and that was kind of your outlet all right well i think we've all been guilty um as husbands and as dads we've been guilty of taking on that protector provider role for our families. Right. And, and, and I think to get back to your, um, to your initial question about what is masculinity and, and how has that changed over the years? Well, I think at an early age, at least in our generation, we were taught to be that leader of your family, be the head of your family and make those tough decisions mm -hmm. and, you know, lead your kids and, and discipline your kids. And, and, you know, you and your wife are a team and, and you know, all those, all those normal standard things. And I don't disagree with any of that where I disagree with the current modality is rather than leading from a position of authority in your family, I'm trying now to lead from a position of an example and a position of love. And, and the about. difference is I'm not <clears throat> going in there and I'm not yelling at my kids to go and do the things that they need to get done every day. Right. My kids are fairly grown up people. What I'm trying to do instead is be the example. I want to be the reason that they do the things that they do. I want them to look at their old man and mm -hmm. say, that's how you love a woman. I want them to look at their old man and say, this is how you lead a family. This is how you take care of your professional and your finances and, and all of those different elements that are very important to us as the leaders of our family. And mm -hmm. I think switching that role a little bit, not only has it provided better leadership for them, in my opinion, because, you know, I mean, when we're at work or, or our day to day lives, we don't typically respond very well to the shaky finger. You need to go and do this. <laughs> yeah. Rather, we would like to see, hey, guys, let's go and do this. 
you know, and when I need my kids to go out and help me with some yard work, I don't sit in my living room and yell at them to go pick the weeds. I get out there and I get on my hands and knees with them. Little yeah. things like that, I think, goes go a long way. So I, I love that you brought up being the protector and how that was a um, that was almost a negative point um, in your story to 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 a degree. But I still relish that role. I still love that role, the protection role, the provider role of my family. I still love doing that. I've just changed my tactics on how I do it. Right. Well, I think I think back then, though, I was protecting people I felt couldn't protect themselves based upon my assumptions. I relish in the provider protector role for my family. That's but not terribly, to, to, uh, that's not terribly dissimilar though. I mean, your kids to a degree can't protect themselves sometimes. So maybe it's not that dissimilar. I, know, I know what you're saying. I'm not trying to argue yeah. with you or anything. I, I get where you're going okay. with it, but. <laughs> um, cool, cool. Uh, so thank you guys for that. Uh, for me, when I think about my journey, I mean, I never grew up with my biological father. So for me, masculinity was something that I saw on the television. I saw, that's what I saw on the movies. That's what I had my first visualization of. But my mother, to her credit, I guess, in some respects, she wouldn't let me play with uh, G.I. Joe. She wouldn't let me play with army men, no guns, no no cops and robbers. So in one respect, I'm happy for that because it's it's made me a very emotionally connected person. It's helped me with tons of my relationships with females. I've always had a lot better relationships with women than I have with men because I've never been a guy's guy i was into sports for a while but i really wasn't into it and so i've always just had more of a connection with women based on the based on how i was raised and so for me masculinity was always something i saw on the on the television was it something that mel gibson did or was it something you know somebody did in, the, in their hero movie this is how you take care of a girl but because i had so many great relationships with women i would ask them like so when you see a, a male figure in a television series or a, 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 a movie who is it that you're attracted to most and what I found like 98% of the time was that it's the guys that makes them laugh. It's the guy that just totally being normal. It's not the guy that's trying to beat somebody else up. It's not the guy who's got the six pack abs and the perfectly quaffed, you know, blonde hair and the blue eyes. Every single time, nearly it was all about they, that person makes them laugh like John Cusack or, you know, the list goes on of different people. So for me, masculinity has always been trying to be, how can I be the best form of myself without really dissecting it between femininity and masculinity there's been points in my life where i'm like okay i got to be a little bit more masculine in this relationship i've had girls tell me like you know i dig you and i appreciate you but i don't feel like you you're necessarily like um like you'd be jealous you know if something happened you seem like you're just so chill so i've had to kind of step up that game in a in a, some respect i mean not not with my wife now we've been together for nearly 22 years and actually to celebrate our 21st anniversary uh, knowing each other. So I found that for me, the masculinity is just being able to know that I can handle myself in a situation where I might need to protect my family. I can be an excellent leader. Like you guys have been talking about with my, with my kid and make sure that I'm walking that talk. And then I'm in alignment with my values, which I think is another thing we can talk about here as guys is, you know, making sure that we're aligned with our values and what's most important to us as men, but also being able to have that connection with people and, and, and see the softer side of us. So I'm glad where this conversation is going in the interest of time, because I, I figured we could be able to talk about a lot of stuff. That's why I was trying to keep keep it within time. I know each one of you guys brought a question to ask us to kind of help us broaden the conversation as well as what we could do for men. So who has a question you would like to ask us? And then we can kind of dive off into that as well. So I'll jump in on this one. I have a question. So in society right now, we got two different people, environments, like cultures talking about masculinity. You have the nobody cares, work harder, stop be stop being a wuss, stop crying, this alpha male bullshit. Tate type? That, that yeah, like Randy Tate, Tate. Right? whatever his name was, Tate. Yeah. Tate. Okay. That which is in my opinion corrupting. Um mm -hmm. especially young boys. Then on the other side you have 
don't even be masculine because it's toxic. Right. And men are in such a quandary of, well, crap, how does, how do we even show up as men in this world when I'm being told I'm not, I'm, I'm too masculine, then I'm being told I'm not masculine enough. And so how do you guys rectify that, especially for, for any man, but I'm thinking specifically like teenage boys, young men in their early twenties, uh, how should they show up in the world when you're in this middle ground? And then frankly, this battleground between the alpha male mentality and the toxic masculine mentality. I love that. Lee, why don't you go take that first one? Are you sure? Yeah, of I'm going to dive in. I'll dive in. Um, Great question, by the way. Thanks. Yes. Actually, yeah. Wonderful question. Well, thank you. And this is the what I this is what I dance with a lot. I mean, I dance with this a lot. I was thinking because as we were sharing, we we're talking about we we're talking about defense. We we're talking about being protector and and all of that. And I was remembering back, you know, when I finally I finally earned my black belt in Shaolin Kempo at the age of thirty nine. It's a journey I started in nineteen seventy two. You know, when junior high. And I finally finished it and I got to the end. And what I real what I realized, not the end, this is just another beginning. Anyway, is that the re my reason for finishing and my reason for starting were completely different. Mm. Mm. What's that about? My reason my reason for starting was so that I could be strong and I could fight back because I was picked on in in junior high, middle school. And when I finished it. It was so that I could say that I finished something because it was a big deal. And that kind of training is, is training so that you do not, so you learn to understand that you do not have to fight, that the battle, any battle exists within my own mind. And that the moment, mm -hmm. the moment I have, and if, if at any moment when I am in that kind of an encounter, I acknowledge the existence of an opponent. Mm. I've lost. Mm. In Why? that moment, I've lost. Because then my attention is so much on my opponent <clears throat> that my that my true focus, my true focus needs to be with who I am, where I am, and what I'm doing and focusing on the energy that is moving through the and the energy that I'm interacting with. Gotcha. It's not about my opponent. And this is a thing like what Walt was talking about with the whole out for me, the whole alpha male and you know the toxic masculinity paradigm we live in, we live in the midst of, of today. I choose to simply not give it any energy at all. And if it's ever brought up to me, I say, you know what, it doesn't matter because that has nothing to do with who I am as an individual today. Sure, I've been, I've had pieces, bits and pieces of all that stuff as part of my expression at any given, at, you know, other times in my life. And what I have learned to choose to focus on is how can I show up, like I talked about before, how can I show up today? And how can I love more? Mm, love that. If I, fo if I focus, if I stay focused on how, how I can love more today than I did yesterday, how I can be more present today than I was yesterday, how I can be more compassionate, more content, 
more joy-filled. And trust me, this all sounds all like, you know, rainbows, butterflies, unicorn. It's not. <laughs> trying to expand nope. the trying working to working to expand the expression of those qualities through me every day means that I have to spend some time in the cave. Mm-hmm. I need to spend some time in that cave pounding on coal and screaming my ass off and crying and facing all that stuff. All the while remembering that, yeah, I've carried, I've carried a little, you know, lighter in there with me in my pocket. So I can remember that there's light mm-hmm. learning and growing every day. Sure. There's challenges. And when I, when I focus so much on, the crap, all the, all those stories that society tells us. If mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to that, I'm not paying attention to what's really important, and that's what's going on inside of me. Yeah, and that's what I teach my that's what I teach my kids. That's what I work with my students on. That's what I work with the people that come to me, you know, on a day, on a, you know, occasional basis. Hey, Lee, what about da 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 da? It's what I right. talk about, you know, when I'm speaking or when I'm teaching. How can I, how can I love more? How can I strip away these stories I've told myself about how I'm limited, no good, shame filled, blah, 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 all this crap. And that's what it Mm. is. It's just a story. And I get to tell a better story. Yes. Because the stories I tell, the stories I tell about me make a difference. So I have to learn to tell a better story. Mm. I love that. Thank you for that, man. There's so many different jumping off points for that. But uh, Paul, what what's uh, your answer to that beautiful question? Being, being um, your your father of uh, two boys, three. Yeah, I got three, three boys. Oh um, boy, I think that there's I think there's balance in all things, right? And or mm-hmm. there should be. And I think it takes all kinds of kinds. And that's something that took me a long time to to realize. You know, I I go to work every day with 33 Type A lions, and oh. I've realized that not everybody is a lion. You know, when I, as I'm having different conversations with a lot of different people, not everybody is that eat your young kind of dude. So, um, <laughs> for me personally, you know, I think there is a little bit of a balance there. I used to coach football and I had, I had coach white's big three and coach white's little three. And my big three was attitude, attention, and effort. And my little three was accountability, responsibility, humility. And I think that if you just combine those six things and you, and you are self-aware enough to be able to practice those every day then that just makes you a better person, whether you're a type A, type B, doesn't matter, right? Um, if And I think the I think the the key, the, the one that everything hinges on is that last one, that humility piece of it. Whether you're a type A guy or not, whether you're the, you know, on, on one end of the spectrum or the bell curve or on the other end, I think if you have that piece, then that is the piece that allows you to separate and admit fault and admit your flaws and open yourself up to progress and learning and progression and things like that. And it's, it takes a long time to develop that. Some people I think maybe are born with a little bit more of it. Me personally, I, I had to swallow a lot of pride to get there and it took a lot of years of practice to be able to stand in front of a room and say, Hey, I screwed up and take that feedback and knock me down a peg or two. But once I did, that really opens up, that really, it, it really just destroys all the barriers in the way of that progress that you're looking for as a person, as an individual, whatever your role is, you know, professional, personal at home, doesn't matter. Mm, true. I love that. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, so my, my answer to that question, <clears throat> what was the question again? Remind me again. 
Just make sure I get it right. Because I had talking about the, the, the middle ground is, between to- toxic masculinity people and alpha male oh, yes. people. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I love that question because you're absolutely right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in alignment with what you guys are talking about. For me, it's like, am I being real with myself? Am, is, it, is it going against anything that I, that I value the most? And for me, a benchmark, a litmus test for things, is it illegal, immoral, or unethical? Right. When I think about those things, can I compliment a woman based on how she looks? If I know the person and I know it's that the intention is there not to be, you know, hey, baby, you want to come home and suck my dick or something like that? My intention is right there to let her know that she's a beautiful person. So for me, it's like, okay, it's not immoral and it's not unethical. It's not illegal. Yes. Does it align with my with my values to be honest and to, to lift people up? Yes. Am I being crude or insensitive or anything else? No. So I'm going to sit there and do that. So I think that's a masculine way of saying, hey, listen, you look beautiful and and being able to have that that confidence within myself to not have to hide who I truly am. And then also at the same time, being able to put somebody in their place and not rolling over where I used to be like the people person like, oh, how can I find the best solution for everything? And sometimes I'd piss off my girlfriends like, Chris, why can't you just tell the guy to go fuck himself and not bother us anymore? You're always trying to find the common ground. You're always trying to be the bigger person. And so I had to go from that. Okay. I'm trying not to be an asshole because you've dated a bunch of assholes. So I don't want to appear aggressive, but at the same time, you're asking me for that masculinity. So it's, I think having, like you said, that balance and being able to know for me is always checking in with my partner being able to say, Hey, you know, did I handle that situation or there's something else different you would like to have seen and be able to read that and understand that a little bit more to know what their expectations are for being in a particular situation. Would you want me to come to your senses and, you know, start punching people or do you want me to try to talk my way out of it? What is it that you expect to see what masculine is for me? And I think for, you know, balancing that with my son is, is being able to teach him about, again, what is it that we want to experience most in life? Do we want to experience niceness and, and love and honesty and affection and everything like that? Then that's what we need to be. And so that's, that's, that's again, the, the, the opportunity here for this discussion is to be able to find ways to be able to unlock some of that stored trauma and that hurt and that anger that we've experienced as kids, be able to resolve some of that so that we're not so pointed in, in the fact that when we're driving our cars and being reactive or being triggered like that. So I love that question. Thank you for that, Walt. Um, how do you answer that question for yourself? Man, I was a toxic male. Yeah. <laughs> in my early 20s to my that. 30s, you know, wanted to be in tough man competitions. I was in the military getting told my feelings didn't come in my sea bag, you know, so I just pushed everything away and pushed it down. What I've come to realize that the older I've gotten with some wisdom is just be the example. I don't think there's a perfect formula for it. Your formula is your formula. I think as we strip away expectations of what we think other people should and shouldn't be doing, there's a direct correlation to our own personal happiness. For me, the benchmark is if my daughter's married somebody, because I don't have boys, so I have girls, but I'm the benchmark for what a man's going to be for my daughters. Right. Would I want my daughters to marry somebody like me? And if I can't say yes, then I got some work to do. And ultimately what I want my daughters to know is the true measure of success isn't your things. It's not your money. It's not your house. I've had all that stuff. It really is happiness. If you can live your life happy, you're going to feel like you left, uh, you led a great life. And if you, if you're willing to chase your goals, you're going to, you're not going to live a life of regret. So to me, like just telling young teenage boys, early 20 year old men, and you know, even somebody 46 like me, Hey, it's okay not to be okay. What's not okay is to stay there. Don't be a victim and take on that victim mindset. And that's why I wear a warrior shirt. You really do like saying you're a victim or a survivor means you just made it. 
Like you're just holding on bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like if you're still here, you're living, you're fighting, you're kicking. Like you're a damn warrior. You're a fighter and, and warriors protect people. They love people. They do what's right. They have courage. And I think that's all who we, that's who we really all want to be. Yep. But where you land on in the middle of that somewhere is really each individual's own journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that ebb and flow. And thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you guys. Um, we're nearing to the top of the hour. So I still want to get uh, your questions. So Lee, what is your question for the group today? And then let's try to keep our answers about two minutes or less. Okay. Uh, the, the question, this is, this is the question I like to work with all the time. It is given everything we've talked about, what is, what, what is, what are your, what is your one most important thing to do on a day in day out basis to move the ball forward on this meaning being male beyond the label, being who you are beyond the label of, of masculine male, you know, that classic concept. What is it you can do today? change Paul you can go first yeah okay. I was I was gonna jump in real quick um my day-to-day -day thing um I'm a process oriented kind of guy right no. and I like the discipline and the the rote progression of step one step two step three kind of things and so I try I try to create little lists of you know, some people call them to-do list you may call it a power list whatever you call it doesn't matter um I try to make a list and I try to execute that list every day and my method to do that comes from a little bit of self-discipline and a little bit of mental toughness that I've just earned and, and, and gained over the years. But it comes down to not to steal Chris's thunder, but it comes down to getting rid of all the damn excuses. Yeah. When, when you, when you break it right down, your inner quitter will talk you out of almost anything, whether it's oh, yeah. going for a walk in the afternoon or getting up and eating a healthy breakfast, he will talk you out of so many things to, I mean, sitting there uh, in your bed in the mornings on a Saturday morning, the sun's just coming up and it's nice and comfortable and warm. Your inner quitter is telling you it's okay to lay there for an extra 10 minutes where you need to really be listening to your inner champion and get your ass up and get your running shoes on and get out the door because that's what the process says do. The process says get up, make your bed, go PT. And that's the way I do things. I try to make my list out. I try to just stick to the process of doing it. Love it. Thank you, Paul. Mr. McKinley. Paul, you cracked me up because, you know, 20 years in the military for me, I'm such a process oriented guy. I like my checklists and check boxes. <laughs> we, we, we really are just robots at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think for me, one of the biggest shifts in the last couple of years has been starting my day off with gratitude. I think it's mm -hmm. so easy to Amen. look at how our expectations aren't met or how somebody slighted us or how somebody hurt us or, or, or maybe something in our life that didn't kind of go the right way. And you just lose gratitude for the amazing things that are happening in your life. Even some of my darkest moments, there were still lessons that I should have gratitude for, yeah. but I didn't see them. It's kind of like seeing the forest through the trees mentality. Having my breakdown in corporate America, I didn't, for me, I, I didn't, I would have had no gratitude for that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? No gratitude, frustration and anger and shame and hurt. And, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I had that. Once I realized like, just live your day with gratitude. If you're living your day in gratitude, it allows you to enjoy the journey. As I was get promoted my whole career, I would have relief that I got promoted. 
I, not thanks that I got promoted, not even being proud of myself sometimes that I got promoted, just relief. It was like, oh, thank God. Okay, how do I get to the next thing? What I was never the relief took time for? To the, what was the relief for? Because it was a goal that I had. So it was like okay. relief that I hit the goal, not elation. And that sucked. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time. What I realized is because I was so go focused, like that was my destination, not yeah, realizing yeah. it was just a waypoint on my life. Mm -hmm. I missed opportunities to grow. I missed opportunities to really have pride in what I was doing. Sometimes I missed opportunities to live happier as I've embraced gratitude and I've enjoyed every bit of the journey that I'm on now. It's unlocked a different level of happiness within me and what I've attracted into my space, what comes yeah. into my space from speaking to whatever it is to how I've showed up as a father and husband. So the love that I get in return has massively transformed. So for me, gratitude is the one thing. If you can't do nothing else, have gratitude. Mm. Amen. Amen. For me, I'm going to build on that Walt, because that's one of the things that I would say, we talk about this all the time is the fact that when you first wake up in the morning, before your eyes open, you know, say what you're grateful for. And for me, the next thing is, you know, what are my intentions? So that's what I'm going to go with as far as my answer goes. And I love the question Lee is the fact that, you know, when I think about being intentional with my legacy, right? And I've told the story a thousand times. The, the, the condensed version is in 2008, I wrote my eulogy. And so by which, and, and within that context of that eulogy, it says Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair. He will have risked for what's that mattered for, uh, and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. So for me, in my daily situations, as long as I'm moving the needle on that, as long as I'm using my words and my actions to make this world a better place, for me, then I'm on point. And to, to Walt's point as well, whenever I'm distracted or off track, I immediately go back to gratitude and think, fuck, wow, this is amazing what I get at the technology that I can ask, go on chat GBT and I can ask a question and get this answer back. The fact that everything is right here and I have all these amazing experiences, you know, life is pretty fucking amazing. And so the thing I've learned about myself is the fact that we're always thinking that something else is going to bring us that wholeness is going to make us feel worthy is going to make us feel complete. And I think one of the overarching messages that we've been talking about here tonight is, is being able to see things from that different perspective, see it from a healed perspective and realize all the egoic validation in the world is great for that moment, but is it long lasting? And so for me, it's like, is, is it, is what I'm doing right now, moving the needle on that. I keep a, a sticky note in front of me that says, am I being intentional? And that's my big word for this year is, am I being intentional? Am I being on point? Am I using my words, and my actions to make this world a better place? Hell yeah. Then this is, if this is the last thing I ever do, and this is the last thing my son ever sees, I'll feel proud. I'll feel proud that today was the day that I continued to fight for my legacy and to, to risk for which that matters. So I'm honored to be with you guys. Lee, what's your answer to that question? Then Paul ask your question. There we go. My answer is, is my, yeah, my answer real quickly is, is what I was talking about. What, what I was, what I was. <laughs> I got you dizzy, didn't I? Is. Bro, I didn't know you had dance moves Yeah, like you that. did. Here you go. <laughs> we'll do the little thing. Uh, was what, what I was talking about before is just how can I show up better? How can I show up as a better version of me today? Because if I can keep continuing to improve, Starting with, like Walt was saying, talking with gratitude, Christopher, being intentional, having having a sense of order for all of it, um, mm. that I can take one step today. What can I do today to get just a little bit better? So I'll just leave it just right there. I love it. I love it. Being intentional, we're getting just a little bit better. Yeah, it was yesterday's Lee. That was yesterday's Chris. That was yesterday's Paul. So Paul, for rounding out the conversation tonight, what is your question for us in the group that by which you think by us answering will help uh, give people the most proper, proper value for uh, their time investment tonight? Yeah, I think I can probably guess all three answers before I even ask the question, but I had it written down, so I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Go for it. 
So I had one of those days today where, you know, you just want to go back to bed and start over. Yeah, <laughs> that was my week last right week. off the bat. Stuff just wasn't going right. You know, the coffee wasn't right. The dog pooped in the house, uh, bad traffic on the way to work. And it just, it was one of those days where by the time I got, I was about a quarter mile from turning into work and I had already convinced myself, this is going to be a really shitty day. Oh. You know, and I approached a red light. Traffic was backed up about two or 300 yards. And there was a motorcycle that was in a couple of billion pieces in the middle of the oh, intersection. And that right there just brought me right back down to earth and turned that negative right into a positive. And I said, you know what? I might be having a shitty day, but that guy's going to have a really shitty week. Yeah. So my question to yeah. you guys is, what is your tip, strategy, tactic, trick to take a really crappy day and turn it into a positive day? Ooh, I love that, Paul. Go for it, Mr. McKinley. All right. So typically it's gratitude, but I think we all need more toolboxes or more tools in our toolbox than that. Yeah. I think it's just perspective for me. There's so many things in life. And Stephanie said this, she goes, you'll be so aggravated about running, running late somewhere. Cause I just, you know, military, if you ain't 10 minutes early, you're late. (laughs) So I'll get so frustrated with that sometimes. And then I'll, but we could, we've literally had a car stolen before. And she's like, you don't get mad at all. You're so calm in the worst situations. And I said, because I know that we can do something about that. I know that the day will get better. I know that we pay for insurance to pit and we'll go get another car. Like it, it is what it is. You right. can't change some of those things. What's really helped me a lot is like focusing on not reacting and starting to respond. I spent so much of my life reacting and I can feel it. it's not like I don't. I had somebody and I'll keep this little short story short. I had somebody not too long ago um, kind of come at me with some real venom. They texted me, you effing this, you effing that, you effing this. And initially I was like, oh, this much. Right. Oh, well, I'm a, he wouldn't talk to me like this in person, you freaking coward. And it was ruining my day in that moment, ruining mm-hmm. it. And I chose to just respond because if I'm going to live the life I'm living, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to walk my walk, right, instead of just talking it, I needed to control my emotions in this moment and realize everything that was happening was about that person. It literally had nothing to do with me. They relapsed on alcohol. They were massive alcoholic before and they, they drank and they did it to about four or five people that they knew. And I just happened to be one of them. But what happened is instead of me moving out throughout my whole day, super pissed, really angry and letting this one moment ruin my day, I realized it wasn't even about me. It was about them. I need to focus on where I'm going and the journey that I'm on and not let them derail my peace. And so in the moment, I chose to respond by protecting my peace. And um, for me, that that is huge. It's the constant challenge except for in traffic. Sometimes Paul, I feel you. I was in DC for like four years, bro. I get screamed out loud one time on the freeway. Struggle is real. It, it oh, really man. is. And, and not flipping people dick. off and all that. Like Christopher said, he did used to do. So for me, it's, it's, it's just f- give your focus on your perspective. We would have killed to be where we're at as adults now as little kids. Oh yeah. Killed to be in this position that all four of us are in. So sometimes it's okay to reflect back, to get perspective of how far you've come. So that you can have gratitude for where you're going, and that, and by doing that, you'll maximize your potential. Amen. Love it, Mr. Lee. Your answer to said question. Your tool for the toolbox. My tool for the toolbox. First of all, just just a, a little phrase, a little phrase that I just came flying out of my mouth this morning. 
you know, one of those things that just happens. Flexibility creates possibility. Yeah. Love that. Flexibility creates possibility. And that, that applies so, so frequently to so many things. Because, you know, the thing, what Paul was talking about is like all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, just the day starts off on the wrong thing and we get locked in, right? We get so locked in. This is okay. This is the way tunnel vision, you know, we are locked in. This is the way the rest of the day is going to be until something shakes it loose. The trick is being able to catch myself, catch the fact that I am that I am locked into this pattern, and what can I do to shake it loose? How can I be more flexible? Change, change the music station. Take a you know, change my route to wherever it is I'm going. Shake it up just a little bit to let this. It's like for me, it's like telling the universe, okay, I'm ready. To, I'm open to changing this. It doesn't have to continue down this path. I'm open to changing this, and this is my contribution. This is my first step. Changing the radio, whatever. Pause, stop and meditate, take a deep breath, you know, pull to the side of the road, say a prayer, whatever you want to do to just to make that set up a change. Just break it loose just a little bit. So there you go. I love it. I love it. Um, let's see my answer to that question. I, there's been so many different answers that have populated through my head. Cause I love that Paul. Um, for me, it is, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with this one story. So it kind of builds on the fact of gratitude, but Walt uh, reminded me of the story not too long ago. When I think about for me solving a problem, I want to go to the root cause of the problem. I don't want to deal in symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I'm thinking about something, if like, for example, my pain, I've had a lot of uh, chronic pain since 2006, I've had back surgery in 2019. They want me to do more surgery. So I, but I found myself walking one day, this is before I had surgery. And I was thinking, how can I reframe my perspective about this pain? You know, we, we feel like, oh, I don't, I don't want this pain. We don't want I want to be pain-free. We get this ideal in our brain that for the rest of our life, I want to be pain-free. But I thought about it. I'm like, how can I use pain as potential leverage for me not to sit and be complacent and stay comfortable? Like everybody says I should like, Chris, you're in so much pain. You shouldn't overdo it. You should, you shouldn't go to the gym. You should take it easy. You know, you should take a bath, which I do take the baths. But for me, I was like, okay, maybe the pain's a signal that I need to get stronger in other areas of my body, right? And so thinking about how I can shift my perspective to say, okay, the pain is a signal that perhaps, yes, my back is screwed up, but are my legs as strong as they possibly can? Is my core as strong as it possibly can? Is my back, my lower back as strong as it possibly can? And maybe this is a signal for me to do more work and to be more intentional about what it is that I'm doing. But then for me, it was also like, okay, how can I find gratitude for being in pain? Like, okay, I, I have the fact that I get to move around, the fact that I get to do things. I'm like, yeah. And then it, then it dawned on me, I have a friend of mine, a friend of a friend from back in the 80s. He, uh, we called him Big Mike. He actually uh, had a drinking problem. I don't think he's going to be watching this. Uh, had a drinking problem, fell and uh, passed out over his daughter's wood uh, bench in their, in their apartment. He was divorced and he had his daughter for the weekend or didn't have his daughter that weekend, but he fell and he broke the table and part of the wood severed his spinal cord. And so when he woke up, he was a quadriplegic. Basically, he was numb. It was uh, he was paralyzed from the neck down. He had sat there for like some like 18 hours screaming for somebody to help him. Finally, a gardener put a ladder up to the window, broke the window and called an ambulance and he wound up being paralyzed. And I thought, okay, how can I have gratitude for this pain? Would Mike want to have my pain? Yes or no? Yes. 
So it was an immediate perspective shift. It was like, wow, Mike would want to have this pain. He would beg to have this pain. He can't feel anything in his legs. So I'm like, fuck, I can feel my legs. I can have gratitude for this. So yeah, I go kind of as sick, twisted ways to try to figure things out. But what is your answer for that question, Mr. Paul, before we round out the conversation tonight? Yeah, uh, being that we wanted to talk about mental health and and all that good stuff, I, I got a couple answers to it. So one, um, I'm reading this book right now called Mindfulness, written by a couple of doctors, got three letters behind their names. Um, <laughs> it's really good, though, because I read this one line today that says, and I underscored it in the in the book a couple of times, and the line just says simply, you only have a moment to enjoy this moment. Mm. Otherwise, you're living in the past and you're thinking about the future. And, and right. I kind of I kind of try to take it down like that. Just take it right down to the moments. And, and you guys said all the all the right answers, the gratitudes, the maintaining the perspective on what's really important and trying to keep that positive flame going despite what you're having. But going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, an hour and eight minutes and 15 seconds ago, and we're talking about the mental health is, guys, talk to somebody about it. Yes. If, if you're having a shitty day then tell somebody maybe that person's having a really good day and they can uplift you. I, I had a guy at work the other day come by and he was having a bad day. He sat down and he goes, dude, I just, I love coming by and sitting down at your desk because you, you, you just have this positive aura about you. And I know that you'll bring me back. Yeah. And so I try to be that kind of guy. I try to, I try to put out positive energy out into the universe. And I think that when I need it, I get it back. And that's, that's my tip and my trick. I love it. I love it guys. Uh, Michael Baker has joined us. He says here, gratitude, keeping an attitude of gratitude, count your blessings every single day. Yes, Michael, thank you for this. Um, yeah. And he also says up here, intelligence over emotions, awareness, inspiration, uh, think and respond. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been cornerstones of my life is, is what you guys have been talking about. Do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? That's what I think about in terms of relationships and things, things that I, you know, were brought up. Like if you're right, you're, you're awesome. And if you're wrong, you're bad. And so what do we try to do? We try to win every particular argument because I'm going to prove that I'm right and I'm superior and I've got you. But for me, it was like watching my mom prove herself right every single time, but at what cost? So I started asking myself, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Is it really where is, do I really want to die on that mountain? I've had so many conversations with people where I've just had to sit there and say, I'm just going to let them have this one. It's okay that they can go ahead and feel this way. I know I could cite and go Google it and everything else, but I, it's just not enough for me to prove them wrong because I could see how invested in themselves and in their identity that they potentially uh, are. And that's one question. That's one area we didn't even get go down that rabbit hole as far as identity. So I definitely want to continue having these discussions with you beautiful people. Uh, I know we brought awareness and I know we brought opportunity for uh, the people that are watching this and viewing this. In, in your final summarization, what would, what would you go back and tell your younger self about the journey that you've been on and where you're at today? What kind of perspective would you give that younger version of yourself, that teenage version of yourself that's, that's struggling and trying to figure out who he is? What would you say to that person? And then as you end that out, let people know where they can continue the conversation with you via your social, me social media accounts and whatnot. So we'll let you, uh, Lee, let you go first. What a great, what a, just a great conversation tonight. Yeah, guys, I just really appreciate it. I just want to express my gratitude. Thank you. For all of you. And I think that for me, a lot of it is just, it's just gratitude. We struggle, we struggle, we push, we push back and forth against all the stuff. Man. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the drama, all the drama and nonsense. And when it comes down to it, in the end, for me, it's like I said before a couple of times, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better person today than I was yesterday? 
Um, how can I be more balanced? How can I be more loving, more caring? How can I give the people in my life more attention and be more conscious and be more present? And I think that is so key is staying present in this moment, staying present with the people around us, staying present with right here with what we're doing. That is the thing that is going to make all the difference. Um, you know, that's the thing that will make the difference in my life. And that's the thing that will make the difference in, in the lives of those around us. And for me, that's, that's the crucial thing is keep showing up and keep sharing, you know, tell the story, tell the story in a way that creates opportunities for others to learn as we learn. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Learning continuous growth, continuous opportunity for the expansion. Thank you, brother Lee. Where can uh, people get a hold of you to keep the conversation going with you, sir? Uh, find me on Facebook uh, or Scottsdale Center for Spiritual Living. There it is. Scottsdale Center for Spiritual Living, where I am the co-senior minister now. I just started that about a month ago. Um, so back into that gig. And then uh, Facebook.com, Simple Spirit, yeah, Simple Spirit 101 on Facebook. And that will be it. And, uh, and Instagram, Simple Spirit 101. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, brother Lee. And, uh, what would be your final summation, uh, Mr. Paul Roscoe White, uh, your final summation to yourself, what kind of advice would you give your younger self and where can people continue the conversation with you after this? Yeah. God, man, I could probably fill a notebook with stuff that I'd go back and tell my younger self. <laughs> um, it would, it would be a lengthy discussion, but here's something that I've, that I've been teaching my kids again. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy dad. Um, this is what I've been teaching my kids is they were old enough to understand it. And I've been saying this is a saying in our house and it's just be a good dude. And I think you can wrap so much into that yeah. and uh, shameless plug. I do have a book coming out called work hard. Don't suck where I actually outline what that means to me. It's being humble, being a man of honor, having integrity, carrying yourself with character, all these little things that are wrapped up into that. And you can kind of make it whatever you want, but that's one thing that I would go back and tell my kids. I'd also tell them to slow down a little bit, man, just enjoy the ride. You know, sometimes life is beautiful and it's awesome. And if you're, if you're just living life in the fast lane all the time, you, you miss the cool side stops. Sometimes you might miss the ice cream shop or the world's largest ball of yarn or who knows, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, there's my shameless plug, my book coming out hopefully next month called work hard. Don't suck. It's a, uh, tactic, uh, strategies and tactics to raising children with honor, character, and discipline. It's all stories from my life and raising my kids and, uh, helping them, hopefully, as they transition into young adulthood, helping them be able to see why I did some of the things that I did and hopefully carry that into another generation. You can find me at paulroscoewhite.com or on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at, at Paul Roscoe White. Dude, I appreciate you. Love the conversation tonight. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Warrior Legacy Podcast, Mr. Walt McKinley. What's, uh, what say you? What would you go back and tell your badass younger self? Man, what would I tell my getting in trouble younger self first mm -hmm. you're not alone i think that'd be the first thing i'd tell them yeah you're not perfect and to give yourself grace for the mistakes you'll make along the way the last thing i would say is to your point paul enjoy the journey i mean it really took me until i was 44 years old to start to really they say stop and smell the roses for a reason don't be so quick to get to the next thing that you forget to just enjoy the journey 
of, of how far you've come so that you can really get to where you're going. And then, so for me, there's two places you can find me right now, www.waltmckinley.com. I'm on all the socials. It's on my website. Um, but more importantly, my wife and I have partnered together to create the yeah. Legacy Warrior podcast where we hit real topics that people want to elevate their life floor and their life ceiling with um, or that they might be struggling with in a way that really, I feel like really connects with people through stories um, and through just lived experiences. So LegacyWarrior.com or waltmckinley.com super simple beautiful 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 well gentlemen this has been an awesome awesome conversation with you guys i want to stick you backstage don't go anywhere because i still want to chat with you and i'm just going to end out the show but thank you beautiful people for being here i appreciate and love each one of you don't go anywhere and uh we will be so there we are ladies and gentlemen a little bit over time hour and 15 minutes but uh, i believe you will agree with me that this was a brilliant conversation and one that we need to have there was so many different spots where i had to shut up and just think about all the different questions i wanted to ask uh any of them at any particular moment so we could dig deeper into that so when you find value out of this and if you did find value out of this i would love to hear it in the comments and the private messages let us know what what, what triggered for you what resonated for you and what it is that you're going to continue to do in your life uh based on what it is that you heard and uh and 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 saw today my ask of you is if you got value out of this please share this on your social media share it out with a few words let us know what it is that you were inspired by in this conversation let your social media people know send it to a few people specifically and say hey listen i just watched this conversation with these tough dudes who are really raw and vulnerable about what it is they would do a little bit differently in their life and how they can see their perspectives differently to see that life is happening for them and not to them share that on your social media because this is this is this is going to take a group lift for us all to get together and realize that we can be more part of the solution than part of, part of the problem by just going oh yeah it's a big problem and then hey who's watching what on netflix right it's one thing to sit there and say you're passionate about something it's another thing to actually do something about it and i'm pointing my fingers at myself as well i've been very vocal and advocate advocational about so many different things but have i really done what i can do to to use my voice my platform no so that's changing so again together we learn and we grow and that's what i've gotten out of this conversation tonight with my beautiful friends um this is the number this is the second one so in the show notes whether you're watching this or or, or listening to this you can always go to ronandscripted.com you can find the show and you can find the link in there to go see the previous one that we did with walt myself and scott goyette and jockey Quare. another brilliant conversation so we're going to continue doing these maybe quarterly so let me know what type of uh subjects what type of uh conversation matter you would like us to to dive into and we'll definitely make sure that happens again i would appreciate a self from you guys because i know you did get uh value out of this i put the link in there um somewhere around here um yes oh we got pamela aubrey in the house she goes hey i just like the rock star host have to watch the full replay thank you my dear i appreciate you i got to see meet pamela for an all 40 40 minutes in in los angeles or in uh irvine not too long ago um pamela says here just be a good dude that's good my boy is growing but i'm gonna use that uh following so thank you for that um yeah and somewhere i put in here just go subscribe to my podcast i don't know where the fuck it went but i put the link in there i put it in there somewhere where did i put it let me do it let me do it again so um here's the deal you know i'm really working hard and i'm working better to ask for favors and ask for um things from you guys so here's the link it's inside the show go subscribe to the podcast leave me a review let us know what's up uh, i really want to get this in more eyes and ears and continue uh, taking the message that we talked about here today and how you guys can apply it in your life jock says here great show I'm definitely going to have you on brother and uh, continue this conversation with all the gentlemen that we know, because at the end of the day, if you're miserable with your life and you're not taking care of yourself, then who do you have to blame? Right. You know, when you think about if you're not happy in your job, there's so many people that aren't happy in situations, but yet they're not doing anything about it. That's stupid. 
right? You know, time is flying by. When you think about how fast the last 20 years went, think about how, how fast the next 20 years are going to go. And do you want to live with regrets ultimately about what it is that you didn't do in your life? You sat there and you carried the anger and the animosity and that resentment with you your entire life. But what did it serve? Who did it serve? Did it protect you from, from falling in love and getting hurt again? What did it do? So I invite you to, to really sit there and look back at what it is that you can release and you can surrender, whether it's with a, a, a clinical psychologist or, or, or a psychiatrist, whatever you might need, whether it's plant-based medicine, that's what I look at. That's what I'm looking into together. Let's heal ourselves. Let's love ourselves and let's be a better example to our people and our families. And then also the people in our community. So I love you guys. We'll be back here next week on the Ron and scripted show. Who do we have next week? The show's blowing up, man. I'm just, I'm super excited and super stoked to have uh, everybody here. Ooh, we got Kate McLaren next week. She just actually, won her first female boxing match in Australia, the land down under. So she's going to be on the show talking about resiliency and uh, what it's taken for her to sacrifice and, and get her body into the physical peak condition that it's in and to win this match. She's a brilliant person. She's You're going to love her to death. Um, she's got a great accent as well. So Kate McLaren is going to be on the show next week. The week after that, we got Sean Dodd in the house. You guys are going to dig him a lot. So go out there, be brilliant, apply this information, apply this knowledge. Um, be sure to check us out uh, at noexcusescoach.com, of course, and go out there, be brilliant. I love you guys. We'll see you next week on the Raw and Scripted Show. Love you guys.